WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. And knowledgeable Boston sports talker dropping in hotter than a tropical climate. Breaking news, he supplies it, and you want the truth? Scoops Keith will find it. He's talking about all the sports, and he's also a hashtag dork. And a father of two sweet daughters, the leader of your squad for you evening marauders and night commuters. Tune in and sit tight. Six to ten, more like six to midnight. Ow, the mic's hot on a night's watch crew. Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox, too. Doing this since the Rich Keith Project. Now we've got podcasts and Twitch stream content. KWFE on WEEI. It's the Rich Keith Show, so here's your guy. All right, welcome into a Wednesday night edition of the Rich Keith Show. Here on WEEI, joining us as he does every Monday and Wednesday is Nick Fitzy. Steve, it's Fitzy. How are you, sir? Just another WEEI brand personality That's ready right. to go full throttle. Happy to have you. You're right. Every day is full throttle, not just Fridays around here. And uh, baseball season is fast approaching, so we're going to make the most of the time that we have right now, Fitzy, in the next uh, month or so until we are very much abbreviated throughout the uh, the baseball season. You'll still be able to hear us. You'll still be able to uh, occasionally. A lot of Monday days off, by the way. So you're going to be doing a lot of Monday programs. Oh, yeah. that's what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'm going I'm to spread out those hard-ass vibes throughout <laughs> as many Mondays as possible. Yeah, so uh, Elliot Wolf, of course, saying that it's not going to be that, that hard-ass vibe in Foxborough this year. And you know what I feel like has happened is you have a couple of guys in new positions, being Gerard Mayo, who's never been a head coach, Elliot Wolf has never been the guy running a team, mm. and they've had a lot of opportunities now to speak. Well, more so Mayo than Wolf, but still, they've had a lot of they've had opportunities to speak, answer questions. I feel like they are trying to be themselves, but with so many questions and with so many people hanging on every word, I wonder. And I like it. I think it's refreshing. I enjoy the human element. I'm, I'm not telling them they, they shouldn't do this, but I'm just. I wonder if they say a little too much for say their bosses. Not for you, for me, or for the fans, but I wonder if Robert Kraft is like, all right, I'm all for this new approach too, but can you guys cool it a little bit with some of the stuff you're saying? How do you think it's going in Foxborough right now with the, with the new guys? It's interesting because I couldn't help but wonder if that large contingent of Pat's Nation and the fan base that was unhappy Belichick was let go was thinking that this new regime was too soft for their own good, you know? The people that love the hard-ass vibes, not loving these new soft-ass vibes and everything. You know, like, hey, <laughs> know. we're going to try to, you know, have a more collaborative environment. Yep. It's going to be creative. You know, we're going to chillax things. We get a little Foxborough kumbaya mm-hmm. going on. I, I almost wonder if, you know, ownership wants them to put that message out there. And if Wolf, Mayo, and company, while trying to allay potential concerns for any impending free agents or people that are going to be drafted... Uh, you know, like, hey, don't worry. Uh, it's not going to be the way it used to be around here, guys. So if, yeah. you, if you see the dynasty and you see Amendola, Edelman, and Gronk just saying like, oh, man, that was too much, it's going to be done differently around here. But th- I wonder if some people now, because I just, I just keep reading people 
on every new tweet and social post just saying like soft ass team this isn't the way it should be they're establishing a bad trend this is weak we used to be strong (laughs) yeah i just think it's uh it's uncharted territory right now Mm -hmm. you know these guys are trying to figure out their own path but as the season was coming to an end i would say it was pretty much split right down the middle let's just use big 50 50 numbers as to Patriots fans that wanted Belichick gone, Patriots fans that wanted to keep Belichick. It was as close to 50-50, at least our inexact science from calls and and texts and tweets and things like that. So when you start with the new Mayo and Wolf, let's say, you start with this, there's half the crowd or half the fan base is already like, I don't know about this, why don't you just keep Belichick? The other half is happy for something new, however... When you start picking apart and taking shots at Bill, who was great for 20 years, kind of fell apart the last four, but was great, the greatest of all time, six Super Bowls, nine Super Bowl appearances, I wonder if even the group that was okay with uh, moving on from Bill is like, why do you keep taking shots? Why do you keep kind of – the guy's done. The guy isn't coaching here anymore. Why do you have to say collaborative? Why do you have to lay it on thick about how different things are going to be? I wonder if it's swung too far the other way where now people who are, again, happy to see Bill leave are saying, mm-hmm. I don't know if I like this. So suddenly you might have 75% of the fan base being like, what is the deal here? What is the point? Why can't you just, you know, move forward rather than continuing to, uh, you know, you already fired the guy. You already, he's he's gone. Why are we still like kicking a, a dead body? Yeah, that was the thing that Mayo said this morning, which I feel like he said out of deference because, well, the Mayo-Belichick relationship, or so we read and so we heard, had been a little bit strained towards the end, and we read all those reports in season about how things weren't great. I think it was Ben Volan who had reported something along those lines. But anyway, yeah, yeah. You know, for I, I think Gerard Mayo, out of deference to his mentor and his former coach, uh, said what he said this morning. Like, look, we're not taking shots at Bill when we say. In this. fact, we have that. So here's it starts oh, with a, a bit of Phil Thank Perry you. talking about it and just sort of setting up where the this Love answer it. goes. Gerard, is there any benefit to making it clear that you guys are going to do things a little bit different way than Bill did? Them? You know, last few times we talked to you or Elliot, there's been a clear sort of um, delineation there. Is that important for you guys or to send a message maybe to even players that might play for you? You know, you know one, look, it's going to be different, but at the same time, I would say. Look, Bill did a great job for a long period of time. I don't want you guys to take this as uh, because we're changing the shots toward the previous uh, regime. Uh, And saying that, we will do it differently, and it'll feel different. But at the end of the day, we would like to replicate the success that the prior regime has had. And so uh, I learned a lot from Bill uh, and also his staff. But now we'll we'll see what this chapter looks like in in the franchise. I just wonder if they started to get word that, hey, all these little shots that you're taking, whether they're intentional or not, like some of it just might be what they're saying they're going to do, and it happens to be very different than what was going on. But you're getting kind of a negative backlash because I think at first it was like, all right, cool, this is very different. Let's see where this goes. But it's now been weeks. You know, Bill's been gone a month essentially, and every time these guys talk, there's at least one or two instances where it's like, well, we're not going to be a hard ass way, or we're going to we're going to make sure the offensive coordinator can pick his staff because if he doesn't, like that can be a mess, and like all these different things, you know, titles are important and they should be important, and all. There's been all along the way different levels of Bill did it stupid, or we're at least going to do it differently, and I don't know. I think a lot of fans are pushing back on it because they're like, hey, that worked. 
that worked for a long time. Doesn't mean everybody has to do it that way, but why do you keep needling this guy? Like, move on. Yeah, it worked for a really long time yeah. until it didn't. And then when it didn't work, mm. it went bad real quick. Yep. I mean, you know, you can't you can't escape the the frustration and the shortcomings of the organization the last four years. They were 29 and 39 over the last four seasons. And because of the way things soured at the end, I feel like people in the organization now feel extra compelled to smooth things out and soothe people. And it, it feels to me like it's just like too uh, just a measure too much just like a step too far like let's just leave it alone at this point now okay so this is how elliot wants things done this is how i'm gonna do it we're good um belichick is such an established legend and there's oh, yeah. so much love for him regionally especially with the ones in the diehards and the in bill we trust crowd that didn't want to see him go that again this is another one of those micro fractures those little mini civil wars within pat's nation where people are like he should go he shouldn't go. Oh, yeah. Did you see? Did you read? I know we're going to get to this later. Like, mm-hmm. did you read the report card on how things were going inside the organization? Yeah, not great. Uh, oh, no. Who cares about that? That's more fake news. Like, uh, it's like well, they you surveyed a lot anybody, of people. Rich. No, you certainly can't. No, I think that is that is very true. And, you know, these guys are also in a position where they don't play a game for seven months or whatever it is. So it's just going to be times like this. They, they have the draft combine or the scouting combine this week. Two months until we have the draft. You'll have free agency in between there. So, you know, Elliot Wolf's job is going to be easier to sort of uh, critique in the next couple of months. Gerard Mayo's job, we're not going to really know until we get going in the season. And if you make up your mind after four games, that's not fair either. So, like, it's going to take a little while to sort of have an understanding of what kind of coach Gerard Mayo is. Is it just speak? Is it, you know, whatever, like... How do the players respond to it? Because every time we talk about this, no matter what it is, it just comes down to winning. You can win with the coach talking uh, all the time and answering your questions. You can also win when a coach just snorts into a microphone and doesn't, you know, doesn't give you a single thing and makes every conversation awkward. Right. There's examples of both. So we'll just see this, this regime. Yes, they want to do things differently. They're skewing more to the younger player, which whether you like it or not, probably is the way you have to do it. You know, you're going to be coaching a lot of guys that were barely alive when Belichick and Brady won their first Super Bowl. In fact, some guys that were not alive. So that's a different kind of mentality now. And so I think, yeah, it doesn't mean you just give players everything they want and all you have to be, you have to be super nice to them all the time. But I think things changing is not not a bad thing. I just think the way they've sort of handled it over this the last couple of weeks probably could have been better. All right, let me give you a text I read this morning from a buddy in Massachusetts who runs a gym and is a football coach. Okay. okay? Uh, this is in, in like the this is the perfect in Bill We Trust or football playing crowd response from said anonymous friend. He writes this morning at 10:49 a.m., "Dude, I don't want to be a rain cloud, but I'm afraid of this new touchy-feely open environment on the Pats. As far as as far as things are going right now, kissing the players' rears is temporary success at best. You can't come out all soft ass, be a kiss ass, and then become a hardo when you need to later. You can always ease up and show kindness and empathy after you establish dominance and toughness. So how do you? So how? So this is what this is what's happening with yeah. a guy yep. who's a player and was also a coach. And you know, I don't know if you heard. Hey, Chris Hogan played lacrosse, and um, <laughs> yeah. Gerard Mayo was in the corporate world for a couple of years. Yeah, he sure was. Uh, yeah, so, so I've been told. Yep. So yep. with an organization 
First time GM for Elliot Wolf, although he says he's the director of scouting. Right, and I'm Cindy Lauper. <laughs> he's still uh, the yeah. director of scouting director after of scouting, all sure. this, after all the, the changes. Wolf, you know, you're the Wolf of Ball Street. Own your job, Well, bro. it's funny. I was looking at Patriots.com just going through some of the coaches, and they have a 1,000 coaches, but they've only updated the coaching staff and the uh, the coaching staff with the new coaches. Any of the holdover coaches, with the exception of, like, Covington and Mayo because they have new roles, they're, they're updated. The front office has the crafts in there and it has Mac Rowe, but it does not have Elliot Wolf in there. Mm. So I don't know, you know, title TBD. Well, I think some of the theories are maybe at the, after the draft, perhaps grow is let go. And then you can just officially promote him to whatever you want to call him. I don't get it. Being Elliot Wolf. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I thought May- I, I, I was know, told man. for years, titles don't matter. And then turns out they Mayo very much. says yeah. he, he appreciates titles like wh- whatever. It's fine. We know mm-hmm. we I mean, it's his he makes he did tell us he makes the final decision. He and Mayo will He's go over guy. everything. Not often does the, the director of scouting make the final call. But here we are. Not a, <laughs> exactly. But here we are. So yeah. I think they're. I think they this is one of the times where I'm kind of comfortable saying I don't think they know what they're doing necessarily. I think they I think you're 100 percent right. And I think what jumped out to me and, and more specifically about, you know, what they're going to do in free agency, what they're going to do in the offseason was Gerard Mayo famously on the Greg Hill show saying they're going to burn some cash. And then yesterday, Elliot Wolf said, yeah, they might spend. They also might save. I was like, I'm sorry, what? So he's walking it back. You don't burn money. You don't, you can't save money that you burned. That does it. That'd be crazy. That'd be, that'd be an insane person thing to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my guess is, you know, maybe Kraft. This is this is a complete theory of my Keith Spiracy of mine. Kraft didn't love the Gerard Mayo. Let's burn some cash line. And then Wolf got that message. But then Kraft also was like, hey, can we ease up on the bashing bill? Because that's coming back the other way. So yesterday, Elliot Wolf says, hey, we're not going to have any hard asses around here. We're, I'm paraphrasing. And then today, Mayo's like, hey, Bill was the man for a while. Let's not forget that. So it's like, these guys are just yo-yo. He says, like, one talk. Next time somebody talks, there's going to be another thing that somebody has to, to follow up. But they're figuring out, I suppose. All right, what do you guys think? Patriots offseason, it remains a massive topic. We'll do our nightly draft talk. But also, Fitzy mentioned this uh, report card. So the NFLPA issued a uh, a questionnaire, and there was over 1,700 players took part in it, and they grade all aspects uh, of the team, the coach, the owner, the weight room, the family, how they treat the family, all that stuff. Spoiler alert, the Patriots did not score very well. <laughs> we'll get into the specifics of that. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy. Right now here is Stiz with What's Trending. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. All right, let's get you caught up with What's Trending now here on WEEI. Some sad news coming out of Fenway. Stacy Wakefield, widow of Red Sox former pitcher Tim Wakefield, has passed away. Her passing comes just five months after the passing of Tim Wakefield. Both Stacy and Tim were battling cancer before their deaths. The Red Sox announced Stacy's passing and distributed a statement from the Wake the Wakefield family earlier today. Sox spring training continued today as well. The Red Sox lost to the Nationals 3-4 down at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches in Florida. Sox will host the Tigers tomorrow from JetBlue Park in Fort Myers. First pitch at 105. Don't forget you can catch that game live on WEI 850 AM. 
The Celtics have made it nine straight wins after beating the 76ers last night at the TD Garden. Jalen Brown, 31 points. Tatum with 29. Porzingis, 23. Celtics have the night off tonight. They're back on the court Friday night when they will host the Mavs. Tip-off from Causeway Street at 7.30. The Bruins also have the night off tonight. They're back on the ice tomorrow night when Bruce Cassidy and the Golden Knights come into town. Puck drops at 7 p.m. From the TD Garden. And according to the Boston Herald, the Patriots have met with UNC's Drake May, LSU's Jaden Daniels, Michigan's J.J. McCarthy, and Oregon's Bo Nix at the NFL Scouting Combine. Trending sponsored by the islands, beaches, and neighborhoods of Fort Myers. Red Sox fans, it's time for spring training in Fort Myers. Cheer on your favorite team at JetBlue Park. Explore the islands, beaches, and neighborhoods between games. Tickets for spring training are on sale now. Start planning today. Visit fortmyers.com. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keith Show coming up. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say W-E-E-I is a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on W-E-E-I. I look real good today. 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 Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy, W-E-E-I, this Wednesday evening. Get to your phone call, 617-779-7937. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram as well, at Rich Keefe Show. And today, Fitzy, the NFLPA released their uh, report cards. Uh, They've done this before, but this was the day for uh, checking in on what the players thought of the 2023 year. And uh, as they point out, over 1,700 players provided information to share with one another about their current club, not only to help them make important career decisions, but also help raise standards across the league. The standards we are seeking to elevate are ones that help support the players and their families as they come to work every day. So what are we talking about? Like, you know, free snacks given out at the kinda, counter. Yeah, we're talking so you know, top like to bottom, you have to you have to do a letter grade apparently, and then they rank it out of every team in the league. So I didn't think that nationally we were doing that anymore. I thought we had like pass fail or just like yeah. gave out emojis because people right. were very sensitive about standard issue grading. You don't have to take the SATs anymore. You can just kind of go to whatever school you want. Is what my understanding is. You just kind of right. show up as long as you want to pay. You can go ahead and come here. <laughs> uh, the the categories were treatment of families. Food slash cafeteria, nutritionist slash dietitian, locker room, Mm -hmm. training room, training staff, Mm -hmm. weight room, strength coaches, team travel, head coach, and ownership. A's across the board. That is not the case. Miami Dolphins. (laughs) In fact, they had zero A's. There wasn't an A to be had. It wasn't an A to be had. Wow. Yeah, no, they are they're not doing great. And so before we get into the specific rank grades as well as ranks in the NFL, they also do an overview of each team. Now let me quickly read that for you. It says the New England Patriots finished the year ranked 29th in the team surveys. There are 32 teams. If you're like, well, how many teams? There's 32 teams. They finished 29th. The results point to club management that has not been keeping up with cha- changing times 
As in most categories, the player responses highlight outdated facilities and stale services. The number one issue for the players is the weight room. It ranks last in both quality of equipment as well as size. Never good. The Patriots are the only team in the NFL with a majority of players feeling that their team's facility is worse than places they could train off-site. So you're telling me that I'd get yep. in a better sweat at yep. Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness. Planet, yep. Planet Belichick. You get a boys and girls club in your town, head on down there. Get a, you got a Y? You got a local Y? Yep. Get a membership because Work you're better off. Go on down to the JCC if you need to. And so that's why Mac Jones working out there during the press conference is, is even more of a joke because he's, he's, he knows the place sucks. Uh, it says, in the training room, respondents feel the treatment options are not cutting edge and they lack both equipment and staffing that are offered elsewhere as standard. And the players feel the facility has needed significant renovations for a while now, which explains the low grade for club owner Robert Kraft on the question about players having confidence he will invest in their facilities. Yeah, it's it's rough. And uh, in addition to the facilities, the treatment of families. Mm-hmm. The grade was an F-. minus. How do you get... There is supposedly no, no grade lower than an F. F is 59 and below. They that's could, it. Like, they that's, couldn't even get an F+. Plus. They got an F-. minus. However, they were F minus. <laughs> they were thirtieth in the league. So apparently, two teams had like an F minus minus. They were even worse. But oh, um, uh, let's see who else. I think it was the Cincinnati Bengals were one of them. That's it. makes sense because isn't there? Well, they only got an F. They only got oh, an F. Only and got Cincinnati's up. notoriously a standard F. Uh, thrifty franchise yes. as well. Yep, uh, a frugal fanny yep. franchise. Actually, all I can see here, Rich, I have the same report that I pulled up as I had yeah. previously blogged this for dot com earlier today. They were the only team that got an F minus in terms of. Yes, yeah, so I don't know how they ended up. Oh, no. I think it was the Bengals. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, Bengals. Yeah. Cincinnati Bengals, New England Patriots, and maybe it was the Jets. I don't know. So that's three teams. That uh, Oh, the Commanders. Oh, that's no surprise. Oh, Commanders. Of course. Coming out of Snyder before you yeah. get into Allen. And Dave. so I guarantee you next year that li- that is they're going to fly up the board. Now, whether they're good or not as a team, we'll see. But I'm sure the new owner is going to go in there and change things. Yeah, can I also point out, because I remember writing this piece up for yeah. .com last year as well, that last year the Patriots finished 26th overall out of 32 teams. So I actually, when I just mistakenly said, oh, they were the only team to get a bad grade last year, like, no, no. They're moving I down. I was looking at the wrong report yeah. card. Last year the Patriots, uh, no grade was worse than a D last year. That grade was a D in weight room. So the yeah. weight room has not really improved. No, it got worse. Nothing improved. Weight room but got how, worse. It's an F, and it's well, 32nd. Did, yeah, how did the Patriots go from a C-minus in treatment of families to an F-minus? Well, I, maybe a different people voting on it, they feel different ways, but the specifics of the treatment of fam- families, where they got the F-minus, it says they are one of 12 teams that do not provide a family room during games. So teams uh, around the league, at least 20 of them, have like a family room so if you can go maybe you're at your seat or you're in the suite but then you can also go to a designated area for the family they are also one of seven teams that do not provide daycare support for players children on game day and then if you add the two together they are one of only four teams that do not offer either a family room or daycare so some of those other ones there are probably are like hey we have one of these so like yeah we don't have a family room but whatever we have daycare so if you want to drop your kids off there and your your wife or girlfriend or whoever wants to watch the game i guess you can go do that 
But, uh, yeah, so the Patriots don't have any of that. And I know what, like, a knee-jerk reaction would be is, well, suck it up. These guys are millionaires. Why don't you just, you know, either pay for a babysitter or pay whatever. But if all the other teams in the league have this and guys that they were teammates with, you know, years past, teams that they were on, you know, prior, college teammates, whatever, they all have these things. You're like, why do we have these things? Like, how come all these other teams in the NFL, like the majority, right? It's not like four of them offer this. And you're like, well, I don't know what those four are doing, but whatever. They're, they're trying to. Those other teams yeah. must have won a lot of Super yeah. Bowls. Well, that was like Mark Cuban, <laughs> right? Exactly. They must be doing pretty well. They must <laughs> sell out all their games. So, like, you know, Mark Cuban, I think when he first took over the Dallas Mavericks, remember he had all that crazy stuff. Like, he had, like, PlayStations and all the lockers and, like, TVs and all the lockers. And you're not going to get that in every single team around the league. But this is the other end of that. This is like you're one of four teams in the league that doesn't offer any kind of benefit game day wise for the family. So you can see players being upset about that, and that's why the grade's so low. Yeah, and I, I, again, I I can't help but go back to the idea like, okay, so you don't have the crazy regional sponsor money that some of these colleges that have workout rooms that are ten times better than any NFL facility, like the NIL and booster money at Alabama, or the Nike money that built the facilities at Oregon that are beyond next level and state-of-the-art. Okay, fine. But you could at least, considering that you are, A, supposedly America's new team, a marquee franchise, and you have a TV show out right now that called you the Dynasty. Yeah. And you're offering dinosaur-level care, treatment, uh, family services, and a weight room that looks like Braintree High School (laughs) in the 1990s? What are we doing? So their their first-round pick last year is Christian Gonzalez, who is used to that insane place at Oregon. They've also taken multiple guys from Alabama recently. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine them? Like, they go to college. They probably don't even realize just how incredible that is. Like the, they the get facilities. smoothies yeah. designed yeah. for their metabolism oh. three times a day. Amazing. And then they get drafted. They're like, oh, my God, I'm in the NFL. And then they show up at Foxborough, first of all, which is like, it's not even a city. They're like, what is this? We're not, I'm not in Boston. Like, what even is this? And I'm then they're the like, sticks. you're on the sticks. And then you're like, this is it? Like, where's, where's the rest of it? You're like, no, this is it. The end zone motel. That's where you're going. Yeah. Literally, I mean, you're going to the oh, t- yeah. <laughs> when Brady or 2000 or whatever. Yeah, that was you had bed bugs just just watching it at home. But yeah, they got smoked it's like in the this. fire festival yeah. of like organizations yeah. at this point. Like, here you go. Here's a here's a ham sandwich <laughs> and some Cape Cod potato chips. <laughs> the only the only category in which they were in the top half was the food slash cafeteria where they ranked 15th. Everything else was 20th or below. So even head coach which got a good grade. They graded Bill Belichick as a B minus. However, all the players must have graded their coaches really high because that was still 27th out of 32, the same rank that Robert Kraft got in ownership, even though their his grade was a D plus. So I both made, 27th. Now, I made mention earlier, Rich, that it was the Miami Dolphins, I believe, who finished first overall. Okay. And that they got A's across the board in every, like one A minus, a bunch of A's, and I think even one or two A pluses, like insane grading. Yeah. Yep. Now, this is an old stadium that they have since like retrofit yeah. and redone. Uh, there was the old uh, Hard Rock, it's Hard Rock Stadium now, I guess. Uh, mm. You know, and obviously their owner has a lot of money too. Last I checked, Robert Kraft has a lot of money. I think so. And I'm pretty well. sure the Patriots are worth quite a bit. 
Yeah, and the Minnesota Vikings had been consistently finishing number one because they have their brand new facility. And so now this is the first time that the Dolphins have bumped them out in a long time. Yeah. It makes you wonder, you know, like, oh, my God. And I can't even tell you how many different either text versions or online versions I saw of. But, hey, how about that scoreboard? Or we got a lighthouse. Lighthouse, which makes no sense. And you had, like, Kenny Chesney ringing the thing or whatever. And like, Bon Jovi. <laughs> on the day Taylor Swift is there watching the game in a private box so bad. for the Kansas City Chiefs. And Bon Jovi's like, I'm going to be second fiddle to Tay-Tay, and you want me to I, ring the bell? I don't think any fan. I haven't heard a single fan that was like, oh, that's cool. Or like, oh, I can't. <laughs> I, want, <laughs> I haven't heard one. I haven't heard a single fan. Say the lighthouse is cool, or I wonder who's going to ring the bell next week. Not one. It's fun to take the elevator up, and sure. it's a beautiful view All up right, top. There you but go. Like, yeah, brag. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Well, anybody can do it, Stanley. <laughs> not it's me. Not that, it's not just people that you know host JetBlue trivia and appear with their <laughs> giant game show face on the world's largest flat screen TV. And get to interview Brandon Bolden and. Uh, <laughs> The, the likes and get what you mean and get yeah. to do a trivia game right. down in the end zone with like uh, Corey Dillon and Jonas Gray and have a streaker run behind you at halftime. <laughs> hey, you watched Corey all Dillon? the episodes of the Dynasty. That's true. Which Bon Jovi appeared in, and I was like, <laughs> "What the hell?" Like, right? I mean, we we don't have any. Wait, what? Excuse me. We have Hi, no uh, time. We have no just, time uh, for the 04 Patriots. But what we do have time for is Bon Jovi being like, "I like this team." Like, Welcome to the feedback forum for the Dynasty with Dr. Yeah. Matthew Hamachek and author Jeff Benedict. We'll take questions. Yeah, hi. Uh, my name is Nick Stevens. People call me Fitzy. I'm from Braintree, Mass. Um, can you tell me exactly what role Rupert Murdoch and John Bon Jovi played in the Dynasty? Don't need it. Don't need that part in there. No, but they. so the Patriots get smoked in this report card thing and just top to bottom, bad grades all over the place. And I still think that if they offer a free agent more money than another team that might have really nice facilities, that player nine, 99 times out of a hundred is still going to take the more money. Yes. I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to prevent them from signing free agents, but I mean, if I don't know, I guess if you, if the, if the offers are the same and you go down this list, I think eventually you will get to something like this, but I, we can talk about it today. We can make a big deal out of it today. Overall, though, I don't know if it's the uh, the biggest deal as far as free agency is concerned. All right, so this begs the question, how do you believe the Patriots go about not just fixing this any one issue, but a number of issues across the board that obviously an audience at large, you should know that this is voted on. This is an NFLPA survey put out every year, and it's over 1,700 players have voted on this. So this isn't just like... Patriots players grousing because they weren't happy about the record and Bill Belichick's emotions this year and Robert Kraft. No, no, no. This is 1,700 players overall voting. So it's Patriots players. It's people that come in and out of the facility, the whole shebang. Yeah, I mean, if you do the math on that, that is 53 players per team. Now, I'm sure some maybe had 70. You know, they got some of the guys, uh, the practice squad or whatever, and then right. others maybe have less. But I would imagine what minimum you're probably getting 40 guys from each team. Oh, you I I think you're getting 50 guys. So you're probably you're getting, getting like 50 guys per squad. team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so with, I mean this considering is, the Patriots had 19 different guys pl- right. pretend to play quarterback this so year. So it's not just host. It's not just like oh Mac Jones is disgruntled so he's going to throw the report cards. Like no, no, no. You have like everybody that the probably Zapper wanted to. And Rourke yeah. and Corral and No, they uh, all could have gotten involved in it. It's not yeah. it's not a very good look and uh I just but we were talking about this last year. I don't know. Keyshawn Booty did not think there was <laughs> adequate gambling space. <laughs> the, the Wi-Fi stinks in here. I can't make any of my bets. 
That was his biggest right. problem. So how do they fix it? So, so the question is, how do they fix it? So is it a matter of... Oh, and three you know, of them, three of the things are super easy. Yeah, just buy new, Spend buy new money equipment. on a weight room. Buy new weights. That's the, it. The guys will be happy. Or, or blow a wall out of there so it's a little bit bigger. That improves two of your, your things. Have a freaking family room for the, the players. The treatment of families will, will, will skyrocket. You already changed the head coach, so you're hoping that the rankings go up on that. And then if you make those other four changes, the ownership grade goes up. That's half mm-hmm. the report card. That's it. So do they throw money at it? And, you know, does does this report coming out today, obviously it doesn't reflect poorly on the new organization and the, the Wolves and everyone else that have, and Alonzo no. Highsmith and Van Pelt and Mayo. Right. It reflects poorly on the previous regime. but uh, but it But you also still have the same ownership group in place. So I, I think if you're going to, if you don't fix these things, you are setting Gerard Mayo up to fail yeah. with incumbent free agents, with draft picks, with the players he's keeping, with the ones he's trying to sign once again. And we heard from uh, the Wolf of Ball Street that they've talked to Onwenu and Duggar and they want to keep him. And mm-hmm. these guys are probably mm-hmm. like, okay, well, if someone offers me comparable money and they have a weight room that's not from the 70s, you know, that, or that doesn't look like right. something out of a montage in a Travolta movie. Yeah, well, I might go there. And once again, no Tom Brady, no Bill Belichick. And, uh, and you know, that I guess the Bill Belichick one can kind of work both ways. But, like, not the consistent winning where, all right, I can overlook the bad weight room, whatever. This team's a wagon. We have a chance to play in the Super Bowl. Like, you don't have all that. Right. That that was such an easy way to, you know, uh, outweigh all these other things. You're like, yeah, sorry, we don't have that. But are you interested in playoff games? And if you play well in the playoffs, like, maybe you'll get more money somewhere else. And players and agents could easily talk themselves into that. Now it's like, eh, so the team's going to miss the playoffs and you don't have any of these like nice amenities. Then like, I'll, I'll, I'll pass. Uh, so with, yeah, go ahead. I wanted to say with the lighthouse and the scoreboard though, is that basically the, and now the world cup coming there in a couple of years, is this ownership's way of telling us like buckle up buttercups? Like we're, we're staying here for a while. I think it's, I think Gillette's got probably at least 28 left in it. Oh yeah. I don't think Gillette's going anywhere. And I don't think the crafts are going anywhere as far as like owning the team. The, 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 Patriots will be in the craft name for our lifetimes. Yep. Uh, let's go to Darren in Belmont. He joins us next year on the program. What's going on, Darren? Uh, remember, first thing is when they bring a potential free agent in, they're not going to bring him into the locker room or inside the stadium. They're going to keep him out on the field, take him a tour of the lighthouse, and then show his picture on the uh, big screen there. But, yeah, and then um, give him a briefcase full of cash. Da- Darren, yeah. though, real quick, I want to bring up last year. I don't know if you remember this or if you saw it. When... Uh, DeAndre Hopkins took a tour. There was a photo. Of it was in the Matt- locker room. It was in the locker room. But the worst part, it was it was Matthew Judon with a meal that looked like a takeout from like <laughs> Wheelock College or like <laughs> like a local diner. Yeah, that's it not was great. such a bad look. Yeah, I don't know. How are they ever going to attract free agents? And I, I, I just asked you. Can I ask you guys a question? Sure. Is this all on Kraft and the Kraft family? that they're not spending money where they should be spending and they're worried about the aesthetic value of what's outside and not what's going on inside from everything that's going on inside, spending the money, keeping the locker rooms, getting all the stuff that make this a first-class organization. Because I compare this to two play. I compare this to the Celtics and the Bruins building those beautiful practice facilities in, uh, in Austin yeah. and how they're going to attract free agents and how are we going to attract free agents without Brady here. No, uh, Darren, I think you 100% have to put this on Kraft. If Kraft was going to put the player spending on Belichick, and that's what he did. He was like, I would give him whatever. In fact, there were times where I was trying to get him to, to sign higher-priced free agents. If you truly believe that, okay, fine. 
But Bill Belichick's not going in there and saying, "Hey, let's spend a lot more on the on the uh, the food and the training staff." Maybe he made recommendations, but I mean that's all up to Kraft. If Kraft wants to have daycare for the team or not, doesn't want to pay for that, then he's not going to pay for that. So basically, this whole report card outside of head coach and maybe strength coaches, everything else is on Robert Kraft, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't imagine that. I was just thinking, like, back in the days of, like, Steve Nelson or John Hanna, they would bring their kids to the stadium and just be like, uh, she takes a nap at 10.30, <laughs> make sure she has an organic yogurt at 9.30. Loves Bluey. If you could put this yeah. Bluey episode on for her, she might take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like, if everybody else has one, why so don't the Patriots? Yeah, like, that's I, so I... I don't get that argument about, you know, like, well, why don't they just suck it up? It's like, well, it's like a, you know, college basketball team. And if one team is giving everybody all free shoes, all free everything, and then another one's like, well, you get like a T-shirt. Like, which one are you going to choose? Like, which one's better? You're Mm -hmm. both playing college basketball. One has free gear. One doesn't. Like, it's pretty, pretty obvious. So Patriots get absolutely smoked in this report card thing. Fitzy and I both agree, though, if they still offer the most money, they should be able to land some free agents. However, after yesterday, I am now worried that they're not going to offer the most money. After Elliot Wolf was like, yeah, we might spend it. We might save it. TBD is what he said. It was really the only thing that I, I didn't like from mm-hmm. Elliot Wolf's Q&A yesterday. But you guys can join us at 617-779-7937. Try to win some money. And the bet du jour coming up next here on WEEI. You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI. And check out WEEI on YouTube for our video on demand content updated daily. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy, W-E-E-I. You guys can join us throughout the evening at 617-779-7937. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keefe Show. You can also watch the program on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston W-E-E-I. You get all the programs right there. 6A all the way up until 10P. Greg Hill Show down in Florida. A little uh, little spring training baseball action. Oh. Oh, how about that? I like Must that. be nice. I wouldn't mind a little extra sunshine these days. Have mm-hmm. you been to the jet? Have you been to the Jet Blue, Rich? You know I haven't. I never have. That's a. It's on my bucket list. Wow. No, it's not. It's a, not a very deep bucket <laughs> list. <laughs> no, it's it's not. But it, I would go. I mean, if I was invited to go, or if I was forced to go for work, I would. I would absolutely go. I see. I would think that the company may want to zag when a lot of other companies zig. You know, like let's say the morning show was yeah. after like. Send the nighttime show. Let's send the cool guys. Send the night. Send the night folks down there, especially one who's going to be the pregame host of the Red Sox this year. You ever yeah, hear how that? many people on the morning show have also called a game from Fenway? Zero. I did the math on that. Zero. Yeah, Stiz is now Red Sox producer. Yeah, you should probably executive. be down there. Yep. You should probably be down there in the booth mixing it up a little bit. Well, you know, things kind of went sideways for the company when they had uh, Merloni and Fourier call a spring training game a couple years ago and. I think I think Fourier missed every fly ball. <laughs> so yeah, so that's out. So yeah, that's, now that's probably yeah. that's why they take away fun things because somebody. Had Thanks, to ruin Christian. It. Yeah, way, way to go. Uh, but bet is your time. Uh, what is that great question? It's the bet of the day. We try to win some money. Yesterday, I'll tell you, I ended up getting it. It was late. I had Jason Tatum over twenty six and a half 
He did not score much, and then all of a sudden went uh, went crazy at the end. Mm-hmm. Celtics win going away. We will get to the C's from last night coming up momentarily. Uh, but, Fitzy, what do you have tonight in the bet du jour? You know, Rich, I got to say, I was at one point two and 6. I'm on a five-game heater. I'm 7-6 and six nice. on the non-football nice. or playoff-related bets so far this year. Okay. And I'm going to stick to what's working for me. I'm going to stick in the okay. NBA. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with teams that score a lot of points. Most recently, I won when I had the Pacers and Raptors over at 244. It went to 251. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tonight, you've got the Mavs, who are coming off of a crushing loss last night, a team with the NBA's top scorer visiting the Raptors. It's a very tasty number. I'm going to go with Mavs at Raptors over 237.5 points. Okay. I like that one uh, very much. Stiz, what are you looking at? I'm going to get a little crazy. Mavs in Toronto taking on the Raptors. I'm going to go first field goal. My guy, Scotty Barnes, plus 650. Scotty Barnes going uh, first bucket for Scotty Barnes? Crap. You All are right. <laughs> it's a to- it's a complete crap. That is a good pull. I was not ready for that. He had a triple double the other night too. That's he right. was the guy is uh killing it. And did you see after they uh won that game, pizza party. Scotty Barnes is gonna be all star. He wasn't an all star this year, but he could be an all star. I mean, I That's like right. your headset on that. Yeah, so I oh, guess I love Darko so much. Darko's the best. He's the best. The head coach of the Raptors, he told the team after they uh, if they can win three games in a row, that he would like take them out to a dinner, and he's like, and you know what? Because like we're like a blue collar team or whatever, it doesn't even need to be like an expensive dinner. It can be like a pizza party or whatever. And then so they won three in a row, and they legit gave them all pizza. There's a good chance though with a lot of younger people on NBA teams, yeah, they might never lose thinking, again. Like ah, finally my chance to charge a foie gras torchon or a seafood tower to no. coach like. I just want some. I just want no. some pizza. So like I'll take. I'll take the pizzas, please. So, uh, yeah, I like that very much. All right, I'm going to go. You got a nice. Uh, you got a nice game out west tonight with the Sacramento Kings and the Denver Nuggets. I will be watching that program after our program ends. I'm going to go Demontis Sabonis over thirty nine and a half points, rebounds, and assists. So thirty nine and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Everybody's been associating Jokic with triple doubles this year, and he's been putting up a bunch of them. But do you know? Did you know? Guess them, guess them stats. Okay. Sabonis has the most triple doubles in the NBA this year. He does not. Yes, he does. DeMontis Sabonis has 21 triple doubles in 57 games. Rich, would you believe that when I selected my bet du jour this afternoon at about 2 p.m. and Mm -hmm. put it on our prep dog? Locked it in. It was 237 and a half. That's when I placed my wager. It is up to 241 and a half. Wow. So they know something. They See, I yeah, I knew something. So we'll lock it in because you did write it in at 237 and a half. If people are trying to jump in on that, would you still go with it at 241 and a half? You bet your sweet patootie. <laughs> you better believe it. You know yeah. it, baby. All right. I like that. I like that very much. Uh, also, Bruins are in action tonight. They're going to be playing against the... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, they're in action tomorrow night. I misspoke. They're in action tomorrow night against the the Golden Knights. They're back home. The stretch that they had, not great. Uh-uh. Not great. Lot. First of all, they only play overtime games now. Mm-hmm. They play every single overtime, and they usually lose those games, whether it be in the overtime period or in the shootout. They only, but that's the thing. They only play overtime games in which they have a lead in the third period, blow it, 
Yeah. And then lose in overtime or shootout. That's this that's the method point. of the madness yeah. behind every Bruins game. You gotta build yourself up a nice lead, have a nice comfy lead until it's gone. Until poof it's gone. And it doesn't matter if it's a Swayman game, doesn't matter if it's an Allmark game, doesn't matter if you're home, doesn't matter if you're on the road. They they have been an absolute mess. And I just wonder if part of it, like they just need the trade deadline to get here and either get a couple bodies in, a couple bodies out, just sort of like, all right, here's your team now the rest of the way. And, and refocus, I don't know. Uh, I can't really figure out why they've been uh, struggling to the degree that they have been. Got to make a trade, and I just want to update everybody real quick. If you want to get this bet in, mm-hmm. and I know Stanley's bet is a risky one. That's nice because you can always try it. If someone else scores the first basket, you can go right back and Hop still back do back on it. something else. You can jump in that over and Rich with his uh, Sabonis bet. Um if you go take the over, Scotty Barnes' first basket, and Sabonis over now 40.5 points, rebounds, and assists. You ready for this? $10 will give you $155.76. I could use $155.77. Who couldn't? And then some. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. Also, our buddy uh, Ryan Garvin uh, just popped in here. Scotty Barnes was an all-star this year. Oh, he was? Yes, that's oh, right. Oh, how about that? So Darko was onto something then. See? He nailed it. It's a complete crap. Right there, you go. <laughs> I love that. It. Might be my favorite drop. It's a he was so mad. Oh my hey, god, Darko! What mad? do you think? Yeah. Darko? What do you think of the Rich Keefe show? Oh come on! It's a complete crap. Yeah. All right, Darko. That's not nice. But yeah, he was mad at the refs. He was defending his players, including all. I stand corrected, including All Star. Scotty Barnes. So there you go. All right, one hour down, three hours to go. You guys can join us at 617-779-7937. Let's get to the Celtics, who have won nine in a row and weren't making any threes last night. So how did Joe Missoula react to the fact that they weren't making threes, they didn't need to make threes, and they got a win? Hear what he had to say about it coming up next year on WEI.